0: It sure sounds like a deal between the Boston Bruins and the Columbus Blue Jackets for Vladislav Gavrikov is likely, maybe imminent, but what do the Boston Bruins actually need heading into the trade deadline? Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up Bruins fans and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host Ian McLaren and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. Every single day the podcast is free and available on your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Locked NHL Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. The Boston Bruins are on the West Coast getting ready for the first game of a road trip, which will take place tomorrow night against. The Seattle Kraken. We will preview that game later on in today's show. But first, the latest on the trade front. And it really appears as though the Bruins and Blue Jackets are nearing uh, an agreement here with regards to defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov. He's been out of their lineup for the past several games. Aaron Port's line of the Athletic wrote that he has essentially been traded. The acquiring team just has other transactions to pull off before the deal can be made official. Meaning, the Boston Bruins, let's say, need to clear some cap space in order to accommodate the balance of his $2.8 million contract for this season. David Pagnotta of the fourth period added the team is the Boston Bruins, take that for what it's worth, reporting the two clubs have a framework of a trade in place. Boston is working to clear cap space, but the Blue Jackets won't wait around forever. The belief is, or Pagnotta reporting, that the cap space trying to be shed by way of Craig Smith's $3.1 million contract coming off the books. Matt Porter of the Boston Globe added there's no official deal in place, but the two teams have, of course, discussed Gavrikov. Now, the Bruins just have $1 million in trade deadline cap space at the moment, meaning, again, they would have to clear some off the roster in order to accommodate Gavrikov. And here's the thing with Gavrikov. He is a fine player. He's been chewing big minutes for the near last place. Columbus Blue Jackets this season. He did record 33 points last year in 80 games for Columbus. Not a positive possession player, Uh, not a huge hitter, to be honest. He only has 56 in 52 games this season to go along with seven points. But he fills a perceived need in Boston, which is help on the left side defensively. Whether or not that's actually a need, we'll talk about that here in a moment. Here's where there's some kind of dissonance between what the Bruins need, what they're willing to give up, and why many might not be huge fans of this reported deal. The asking price is believed to be a first-round pick and a third-round pick. And again, it would require shedding a Craig Smith in order to make cap space. Again, Gabrikov, fine player. He can fill in. Maybe play a top four role. But if you're giving up a first, a third, and having to move on from a scoring winger who's well liked in the room, you might as well push several more chips on the table and swing for a guy like Jacob Chikrin in Arizona, who's decidedly better than Gavrikov, who's under contract for a couple more seasons. Uh, you risk adding Gavrikov and not being able to resign him. Uh, So it would be a first and a third for a pure rental. So, you know, no disrespect intended to Gavrikov. He could be a fine addition to the Boston Bruins. He comes in, shuts things down. He tosses a couple hits. Becomes uh, someone who's liked. By Bruins fans, a valuable member of the team, but he might not stick around. Maybe they don't want him to stick around after having this audition period and you're losing a first and a third for a a rental that may or may not pay off. I'd rather go all in, use those assets for a guy who could stick around or will stick around for a couple more years in trickery. Now, probably the overall cost is too high for that. You'd have to toss in probably a Mason Lori or a Fabian Lysel, a um, Brandon Carlo or Matt Grizzlick. So they're kind of hedging their bets here by um, adding where it doesn't break the bank per se. They'd be without a first and second in this year's draft, which would be costly. But at the end of the day, is this really what the Boston Bruins need? These first place, league leading, historically paced Boston Bruins. We're going to talk about that here after the break. But first, a quick word about today's sponsor, uh, which is FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On as well as of the NBA and you can take advantage of signing up for FanDuel today with their no sweat first bet promotion. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, all you have to do is download the FanDuel sports back app today, which is safe and secure, super easy to use and you can bet on everything from money lines to point scores, threes drained as well. FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com. That's fanduel.com. To learn more today, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, it's been widely reported that the Bruins are looking to shore up the left side of their defense. And a lot of people seem to agree that this is a need for the Bruins. And you just look at the depth chart, you see Hampus Lindholm, Matt Grizzlick. Derek Forbort on the left side, you have Jakob Zboral still on the roster, Mike Riley down in uh, Providence at the moment. And you say, well, if you have Zborl and Riley in the lineup at the playoffs, you're already behind the eight ball. And and that's true for any team, any team that loses one, two, however many defensemen in the playoffs is going to be a problem. But you look at the right side, you have Charlie McAvoy, all-world, one of the best in the NHL. You have Brandon Carlo, who has injury concerns of his own. You have Connor Clifton, who's certainly played well this season. And then that's pretty much it. You'd be relying on Anton Strawman or Connor Carrick in the event of an injury. Likely, you'd be putting... Um, was Borrell into the lineup on the right side in the absence of one of those guys. Now, for me, that is a bigger need for the Boston Bruins. A right-hand shot defenseman, as well as a scoring right-hand shot winger to put in the bottom six. All due respect to Craig Smith. Love him as a, a a player, a person. He's just not quite getting it done this season. Do you call up a Fabian Lysel? Do you add a winger via trade? Go all in with the Coyotes, for example, and add chicken and Lawson Krause. That would be fantastic. Luke Shen in Vancouver reportedly being held out. Trade imminent. He's a guy. Save the first round pick. Send a third to Vancouver for Luke Shen. Stanley Cup champion. Right hand shot. And uh, also brings some physicality. I'd much rather pull off that deal than a first and a third for Gavrikov. And you're filling a bigger need. Um, Winger wise. Ivan Barbashev. If you need to give a first round pick. Send it to St. Louis, grab Barbashev, boom. Shen, Barbashev, you're done. You get uh, all your shopping done with Vancouver and St. Louis. And again, I want to talk about Matt Grizzlick. There's so much Matt Grizzlick disrespect on the timeline. People saying he's not a top four defenseman. You can't win in the playoffs with him in the lineup. A, they almost won in 2019 with him appearing in 20 games, eight points. Last year, people looked to that. Five games played, zero points, a minus six. But that's very misleading. He had been playing on a bum shoulder since January, an injury that required reparative surgery in the offseason. And he's still at a 554 shot attempt differential against Carolina last season, 53.7 in uh, even strength play. That's pretty good. Uh, You can say he's not physical enough, but league-wide this season, even strength goal differential in the NHL. The top two players league-wide are Grizzlyk, and Lindholm. He's on the ice for the biggest gap between goals for and goals against NHL-wide this season. To me, that's a top four defenseman on any team. And I just don't understand the Matt Grizzly hate on the timeline. Is it possible he's moved? Yeah. Brandon Carlo could be moved too. But I just don't see how you prioritize the left side over the right side at the moment with a huge lack of depth on the right side compared to the left. Uh, it's just, again, you can argue you don't want Riley's borrow. You can't count on those guys. That's not the point. The point is who's there after Carlo and Clifton. There's really nobody there. That's why you should prioritize the right side over the left side. And up front, you have so many left-hand shots, you need a scoring winger on the third line. You look back at the game the other day against Ottawa, a fantastic fourth-line performance with Frederick Felino, Greer, you haul Coyle on the third line. What a luxury to have a player like Taylor Hall on your third line compliment those two with a guy who can finish uh, and who can add some pop to the lineup scoring wise. That's where I would prioritize heading into the deadline. Not even going to acknowledge, although I guess I am indirectly swapping all or Swayman, just a ridiculous suggestion. And uh, I mean, I don't even know why I mentioned it because it's so stupid. All right, coming up, we're going to preview tomorrow night's game against the Seattle Kraken. I want to thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day, free and available on your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube. So please do subscribe if you have not already and never miss a thing. If you recall, just over a month ago, the Seattle Kraken were the first team to defeat the Boston Bruins on home ice in regulation, a 3-0 victory with Martin Jones in net. He has since kind of been supplanted in net by Philip Grubauer. He's the guy that I assume will be in net for Seattle tomorrow night. Seattle struggling a bit. They're 4-5-1 over their last 10. They... Just lost the other day for nothing to the San Jose Sharks, which is not great. Uh, and still, they're one of the top teams in the Western Conference. Very deep up front, uh, playing a good defensive system, plus 19 goal differential, 32 19 and six, third place in the. Pacific division at the moment, although tied with Edmonton in points, one game in hand on those Oilers. Jordan Eberly has seven points over his past five games three goals, four assists, leading the team right now. And for the Bruins, leading scorer over the past five games, our boy Charlie McAvoy's got seven assists. Posternock with three goals. And I'm kind of assuming that Jeremy Swayman will get the start, but that remains to be seen. In terms of how these teams rank categorically, Bruins, power play, 7th ranked at 23.8. Seattle, not as strong, at 20.1. Seattle's penalty kill, borderline atrocious. They rank 31st at 72.5, 86.5% first-rate penalty kill for the Boston Bruins. So with Jake DeBrusque back, he's reinvigorated the top power play unit. That could be a difference maker here in the uh, tilt with the Seattle Kraken. Face-offs could be important. Bruins are third-ranked. Not a strong face-off team in Seattle. They're 30th. Where they do... Excel is in goal scoring. They're ranked fifth, 3.46. The Bruins are second at 3.71 goals per game. And then the Bruins, the best team at suppressing goals. Only 2.05 allowed so far this season. Should be a good one. It will be a 10 p.m. Eastern start. The Bruins beginning a stretch of West Coast road games that will keep us up fueled with coffee for the next uh several days because they play seattle thursday then they travel to vancouver to play the canucks 7 p.m eastern actually that's an earlier start thank goodness schedule makers they play back-to-back edmonton calgary next week 8 30 and 9 p.m eastern starts respectively and then they're back to play the buffalo sabers next thursday So, actually, not too bad. There's only one 10 p.m. start on this Western Conference road trip. The Bruins have already seen Toronto add Ryan O'Reilly, who had like four or five points last night against the Sabres. The Red Wings, not the Red Wings, the Rangers have added Vladimir Tarasenko. I would love to see them add some scoring up front and some depth on the right side. What do you think? Let me know in the comments where the Bruins should target their needs heading into the trade deadline, which is just next Friday. All right. I want to give you a preview of tomorrow's podcast. No spoilers, but could be a scheduled to have probably the biggest interview in the history of locked on Boston ruins. Very excited recording this evening. So look out for that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I want to say. I don't want to jinx it, but very, very excited about what is scheduled to take place this afternoon. Thanks again for listening, friends. Thank you for uh, supporting the podcast. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. If when anything does break, I'll post a bonus video on YouTube and uh, we'll be all over the trade deadline and what Don Sweeney does, doesn't do, heading up to it, here on Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Happy Wednesday, friends. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you again here tomorrow.